0: what's up everybody and welcome to this week's edition of davinci cases Alright, so the way this works is we've got a clinical case followed by a board-style question. So we're going to go through the question stem, point out the relevant clinical findings, take a look at the question and the answer choices, and then kind of divert for a minute and go through the relevant concepts to answering the question. Then we'll come back and apply those concepts that we went over to answering the question. So for this case, we have a 67-year-old man with a history of hypertension, coronary artery disease, peripheral artery disease, diabetes mellitus type 2, and gout. He's presenting to his primary care physician because of his blood pressure continues to be elevated despite taking maximum doses of amlodipine and hydrochlorothiazide. This is a guy with coronary artery disease, peripheral artery disease, and then multiple risk factors for those as well, hypertension and diabetes. And then his hypertension is still elevated despite taking maximum doses of two separate blood pressure medications. So this guy cannot get his blood pressure down. His vitals in the PCP's office are temperature of 37 degrees Celsius, so he's afebrile. His heart rate is 92. It's a mildly elevated resting heart rate, nothing too crazy though. His blood pressure however is 163 over 92. So that's pretty elevated, especially at rest. Respiration is 16 and then his O2 sat is 98%. So his respiration and oxygen sat are fine. His blood pressure in his PCP's office 6 months ago was 158 over 90. So really a roughly the same it's even a little bit elevated today so he's been on these two medications and he's still not his blood pressure is still not coming down so this is this is something this is a problem you know this is something his PCP has to figure out and like I said it's a risk factor for further cardiovascular problems. So his physical exam is notable for bilateral abdominal bruies. So bruies are kind of these high-pitched sounds. They kind of represent stenotic flow usually. You can hear them in the carotids as well, like in the neck when you're listening for, you know, such thing as a carotid brui, which would be carotid stenosis. So this would be stenosis of abdominal blood vessels, specifically the renal arteries. Typically, when you hear abdominal brui, you want to think renal artery stenosis. He also has pedal edema in both lower extremities, so he's got edema down in his legs, and he's got these renal artery or these abdominal bruise likely representing it, renal artery stenosis. He has smoked one pack per day for 50 years, so he's got significant smoking history, also a risk factor for cardiovascular disease. He drinks alcohol occasionally on weekends and denies illicit drug use. And so the question is the following serum values, meaning the values of these in the blood, not the urine. Because remember in the renal, sometimes they'll ask you what the urine values are or how the urine values would change. Definitely want to pay attention to this. So this is how the serum in the blood, the values are most likely to be increased or decreased in this patient. And we've gone through these before in the pulmonary unit. And we'll cover the same kind of tactics here for the how to eliminate these different types of answer choices. But first, we got to summarize like we always do. This is an elderly man with a history of coronary and peripheral artery disease with multiple cardiovascular risk factors, hypertension, diabetes, and smoking. He has persistent hypertension despite maximum doses of two medications. He has bilateral abdominal bruise on exams, which suggests renal artery stenosis. And then he has bilateral pedal edema, which suggests volume overload. So the thing is, when you think about volume overload, you know, obviously a number of things can cause that. It can be venous insufficiency. It can be heart failure. Now, the thing about, there's no history of him having venous insufficiency that's at least mentioned. He does have these risk factors for cardiovascular disease, but there's no mention of having heart failure. He also doesn't have any other symptoms of heart failure. He doesn't have fatigue. He doesn't have shortness of breath, those types of things. He doesn't have any kind of S3 on exam or anything like that that would indicate heart failure, no history of heart failure. Overall, the what I would say the likely clinical picture here is we have a patient that most likely has bilateral renal artery stenosis because we hear that brewing on both sides leading to renal failure. Because renal failure can also cause you to have volume overload. Because the remember, the kidney's job is to filter and excrete uh, urine. So it's filter the blood and excrete urine. And also, also, the major job is to regulate fluid balance, electrolyte balance, and blood pressure. Those are all other major jobs of the kidneys. And so if the kidneys fail, they are not going to adequately regulate electrolyte levels, and they're not going to regulate volume level or blood level or fluid level, and so you can get fluid overload with renal failure, and that's how you get edema in the legs. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break from the case right now to let you know that Da Vinci Cases are brought to you by Da Vinci Academy, which provides online video courses for the medical basic sciences. These courses are taught using a variety of teaching methods, including bullet point outlines, diagrams, radiology images, and chalk talks to explain the fundamental concepts. We then teach the application of those concepts to numerous clinical pearls that are frequently tested on medical school exams and the USMLE. Our video courses are available on our website dviacademy.com as monthly subscriptions starting at $9.99 per month. Each video course has a corresponding outline format textbook as well. You can find the link to our website in the description below. Also be sure to use the discount code DC20 to receive 20% off any of our video courses. Now back to the case. Just to remind you here, this is actually a posterior view. So you have the aorta here, and then you have the renal arteries, which are coming off here and here. And so if you have stenosis, meaning if we do a cross section here and you have stenosis, now a number of things can cause stenosis. In this patient, it's atherosclerosis. You can also have uh, fibromuscular dysplasia, which is kind of a genetic disorder that can cause it as well. It's bilateral. So you're, you know, it's just like stenosis anywhere. So you're limiting blood flow to the kidneys on both sides. So remember, if you lose one kidney, the other kidney can help compensate. But if you lose both, that's when you can get renal failure. And then as a result of that, you know, there's two lab values you look at to measure these are both answer choices to measure renal function, creatinine and BUN or blood urea nitrogen. And remember, these are the serum levels of this, not the urine. So remember, the kidney's job is to filter these and excrete them. So if the kidney is inefficiently working or failing and not, what do you think is going to happen to these? Are they going to go up or are they going to go down? Well, if they're not effectively excreting these, this is the creatinine is going to go up and the serum BUN is going to go up. And so as a result of that, you'll have increased levels of those when you do your basic metabolic panel. So the other aspect to this is we've got to understand how this contributes to his blood pressure as well. And so you've got to review the renin-angiotensin-aldosterone axis. And this is just a very simplistic diagram that shows all the major players, you know, the kidney, the liver, the lungs, blood vessels, adrenal gland. So you start out where you have decreased effective circulating volume. Now, there can be a number of things that can cause this. It can be loss of fluid. It can be renal artery stenosis, all types of things. Either way, that stimulates the kidney to release renin. And renin goes on to catalyze the conversion of angiotensinogen, which is produced by the liver, into a molecule called angiotensin 1, which is then converted by an enzyme in the lung vasculature called Angiotensin-converting enzyme, or ACE, and is converted into angiotensin II, which is the bio- more biologically active molecule. Which one acts on the blood vessels to cause vasoconstriction, which can lead to elevation of blood pressure if this is prolonged over a long period of time. It also, angiotensin II also goes to the adrenal gland and stimulates the release of aldosterone. Aldosterone travels to the kidney, specifically the distal convoluted tubule in the nephron, and stimulates Sodium reabsorption and kidney secretion. So you're going to have increased sodium in the blood and then loss of potassium from the blood. So increased potassium in the urine, decreased sodium in the urine. And so in this patient, renal artery stenosis, obviously, as I showed you, will lead to decreased effective circulating volume or decreased perfusion of the kidney vasculature. That's going to trigger the release of renin. You're going to have increased renin, increased angiotensin increase angiotensin 2. As a result of that, prolonged increased vasoconstriction. And remember, renal artery stenosis, it doesn't turn on and off. It doesn't go away. If anything, it's getting worse over time. So this is prolonged elevation of angiotensin 2, prolonged activation of the renin-angiotensin-aldosterone axis. So prolonged vasoconstriction, then you increase aldosterone, increase sodium reabsorption, so they become hypernatremic, And hypokalemic, meaning they lose potassium because there's aldosterone stimulates the secretion of potassium, increased sodium reabsorption. Remember, water follows sodium, so they become further volume overloaded, meaning that they'll increase their blood pressure, they'll eventually develop edema, like this patient does, and they'll lose potassium. What ends up happening over time, because you have prolonged decreased perfusion to the kidneys, you end up with renal failure. So, coming back to the question here. It's asking the following serum values are most likely increase or decrease in this patient, specifically in this patient with bilateral renal artery stenosis and renal failure. So again, when, with these uh, type of answers choices where you have these different arrows and all these different values, it's best to approach it one at a time and think about is it increased or decreased? And then you can it can help you cross off answer choices. So let's start with renin. You know, we just covered this you're going to have prolonged stimulation of the renin-angiotensin-aldosterone axis. Renin is going to be increased. So you can already cross off answer choice E here, which shows that renin is decreased because that's just not true. You don't even need to read the rest of this answer choice. Okay. So then the rest of these show that renin's increased. So let's move on to the next one. So with sodium, remember prolonged stimulation or increase of aldosterone is going to cause prolonged reabsorption of sodium. And so over time, you're going to have increased sodium, serum sodium as well. You're going to be hypernatremic. So right here, you can cross off anticoice D. You know that this is wrong. You don't even need to look at the rest of this. So A, B, C, all have renin increase, all have sodium increase, and then we can move on to potassium. Now remember, aldosterone is stimulating secretion of potassium from the kidney. So you're going to have decreased potassium. So if we come down here, if you look at this, Answer choice A is already wrong. We know that answer choice is wrong because it says potassium is increased, and that's wrong. Come down to B and C, they say potassium is decreased. So right now, there's no difference between answer choice B and C. And then we get to creatinine. We know creatinine, or we talked about this, creatinine is a marker of kidney function, and how well the kidney is efficiently filtering creatinine and secreting it. If it's not working efficiently, you're going to have, have elevated creatinine because it's not effectively getting filtered out of the blood and so you're going to increase serum creatinine. Both answer choice B and C have that as well. So we can move on to the last one here, BUN. Again, blood urea nitrogen. Remember this is also a marker of kidney function. If the kidneys aren't working efficiently, it's not going to filter and excrete it, so it's going to build up in the blood. It will also be increased. So then we can cross it out answer choice C, and that leaves us with answer choice B is the correct answer. So in a patient with bilateral renal artery stenosis, and renal failure with persistent hypertension is going to have increased renin, increased sodium, decreased potassium, increased creatinine, and increased BUN. And remember, the reason he has refractory hypertension is because you're, because he is constantly stimulating the renin-angiotensin-aldosterone axis. He is constantly stimulating vasoconstriction of the arteries via angiotensin. And so that's why his blood pressure is very difficult to treat, even with maxing out the dose of two different agents. All right, that's all I have for you this time. Be sure to check out all the Da Vinci Cases videos available on our YouTube channel and our website, dviacademy.com. The PDF notes for every Da Vinci Cases is also available on our website. Also be sure to check out our podcast, The Da Vinci Hour, where we interview attendings and residents across medicine to learn more about their experiences, their specialties, and to get their insights on navigating a career in medicine. You can find The Da Vinci Hour podcast on our website or any platform or podcasts are found. Lastly, you can find all of our video courses and corresponding outline format books on our website. Don't forget to use the discount code DC20 for 20% off.